0: Welcome to Hindu Insights. My name is Ankur Patel from Los Angeles, and I'm the Director of Advancement for Hindu University of America. With me today is Pandita Dr. Indrani Ramprasad, a fourth-generation person of Indian descent born in Trinidad and Tobago. She is a scholar on the Ram Charitmanas and Hindu studies. In this episode, Indraniji will elaborate on the presence and experiences of the Hindu diaspora. So, Indraniji, why don't I hand it off to you to give us some context on the Hindu diaspora, especially uh, where you are in the Caribbean.
1: Thank you very much, Ankurji. And me say namaste and Ram Ram Sita Ram as my ancestors, uh, the kind of culture my ancestors brought from North India to the Caribbean and other parts of the diaspora like Fiji, Mauritius, South Africa. So as you said, I am from uh, the Caribbean, but also um, lived in New York amongst the Caribbean community there. Uh, We have large communities of Hindus in Trinidad, Guyana, Suriname, the East Coast, Florida. Suriname, for example, recently had uh, its first um, Hindu, Hindu prime minister there. Uh, Trinidad, we had like two prime ministers who were of Indian origin and in Guyana, presidents that were of Indian origin as well, all coming from Hindu backgrounds. Um, though there there was a little mix, you know, our history goes back to the, the colonial period. And uh, a lot of the Indians, earlier Hindus, uh, fought fought the battles of workers. And so you find we had uh, Indians who were more into the, into that kind of um, labor, labor labor protest and, and so on. And their, their politics was more in labor and a way, as you know, that was like, kind of like the leftist kind of approach to reality. And um, didn't pay much attention to, to the Hindu as a community. So the Hindus, we have been really left alone to come up. But, you know, Fiji, Fiji's is another example where you had a Hindu prime minister once and um, there was a lot of uh, unrest there. There was a coup that, that kind of removed him from power. And and the whole thing of, of Hindu phobia in these places is a reality that we live with.
0: So maybe you can explore the basis of that Hindu phobia because most of our folks don't know the history, right? Of how Indians were brought as indentured servants or however the different populations of Hindus and Indians left the subcontinent and ended up where uh where you did. So maybe you can get into that because it's nice to hear some of the stories about uh Hindu leaders, Indian descent uh winning Presidencies and prime ministerships in some of these countries, but also, if you could, Indraniji, maybe talk about some of that history of how we got there in the first place and how that came about.
1: Yeah, well, the 1800s, you know, 1830s, the first lot of uh, workers went to Mauritius. The British were ruling India; they needed workers for their plantations in the tropical part of the world, and so they had um, experimented with other workers before we got there, like more from European workers like the Portuguese and so on, that didn't work out. a um, little bit of Chinese who didn't work out and they turned to India um, well Africa you have the African slavery um, that that movement um, across the world which is uh, well known and the Indians came as indentured workers a little less uh, um, a little less devastating than the slavery of the Africans because by that time you had politicians in India uh, had an uprising against this movement around the world of moving Indians to work on these plantations. So the first lot went to Mauritius in large numbers. And because of that, Mauritius is very Indian in its culture and the, the demographics. So when you, it's like a little India. When you go to Mauritius, it's like a little India. You know, when I first met Mauritians as a student at the Banaras Hindu University, um, I, I, they looked to me very, very Indian. More more than I looked Indian. Then you have from South Africa also. South Africa is another another um, place with a lot of Indians that have their own identity. I've met some of them. I've not been lucky to reach theirs yet.
0: Yeah. So now that you got into a little bit, and there are Indians and Hindus across the world for some of these reasons, but you lived in India, and then you've lived in other places as well. What are some of those, you know, differences that you've seen in the diaspora and in India?
1: Well, to begin with, it's it's like the way we, we the way we worship. The evolution of the the mandirs, for example, is very different in India. It's more for darshan. You you would visit the uh, you know visit the mandir and leave very quickly, or go as a form of um, maybe tourism or something, but in for us it's deeply devotional. Uh, so our devotion is centered around the mandirs. We did not have mandirs in the earlier days, and the Trinidad experience that I speak of, um, 1800s, Ram Lila. Uh, began. We had Krishna Lila before in the 1800s, 1880s. Uh, Ram Lila then started, and this was a, a performance in major parts of the country where the Indians were in large numbers. You know, they they worked on the, the sugarcane plantations, and when that was, um, when they were freed from their from their bondage, they were bonded for five years, and then for ten years if they took another five years to work. And it's interesting. We can talk about the the crossing of the Kalapani and the loss of caste, and so on, and some interesting stories that people tell you. But so so when when they they moved off off the plantations, they started re, they started recouping their traditions because they were together in large numbers. So Ram their mandirs, and so on, their pujas, the Jandi. In fact, I have written on this in a a text that's used in the U.S. The jhanda that you call jhanda in India, and we call jhandi because it's a little shorter, it has evolved in a very unique way in the Caribbean. I've not seen it in the same way in India, um, nor even in Mauritius. it's, uh, it's, It's the Caribbean phenomenon where after every puja, The jhanda is raised in victory to the deity that was worshipped. And uh, earlier it was a red jhanda. It was usually Hanuman, a Hanumanji that was worshipped. And those colors, those those colors changed. Then they did a Shiva puja. They will have a blue flag. They'll do a Durga puja. They had a red flag. And um, the colors uh, matched up with the deity in a way, I have not seen any other part of the world. It's very unique to the Caribbean. Um, so, as I was saying, the Monday, the Ram started up then, and these sugarcane workers would walk for miles, miles across the country to get to a place where Ram was being performed because as you know the you may know the story of everybody knows every hindu knows the story of rama um and uh, that story is enacted in ramlila we we call it um we call it animated puja animated katha it's a katha storytelling but animated so they 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 would walk for miles to see rama to see sita to see hanuman because in a Leela performance, in Ram Leela performance, that Rama is not the Rama of the village. He becomes Rama. When you look at him, you don't see the village boy. And so that was the deity with the Shraddha, the faith, the bhakti that these people would visit. And that was their mandir in the early days. And, and planting that janda in the open fields in the early days. You know, you, you may have heard the story of Siva Sadhu in Trinidad. It's, it's pretty well known across the world now. This was a, a gentleman who had been to India a couple of times. He, he was um, a shopkeeper. And in those days, pretty, that's a good business. So he earned his money and went back to Banaras to meet his ancestors, his, his family. And he had promised that he would build a temple in Trinidad. And he built the temple on this land that the sugarcane owners said, this does not belong to you. This land belongs to the sugarcane estate. And they forced him, they took him to court to remove the temple, they demolished the temple. And this man called Sida Sadu took nearly like 10 years with a bicycle on two sides of the bicycle, a bucket of sand, a bucket of cement, and stone and so on and he would ride to the sea when they broke down the temple on the land he went into the sea and he said the sea does not belong to you so i will build my temple in the sea of course he didn't know maritime law and so on then but this man built that temple in the sea which is a wonder in the hindu world yeah
0: it's, it's such a beautiful mandir. Uh, definitely, maybe we can look, share that photo somehow, but it's amazing how, uh, regardless of the history, the connections that the diaspora has kept uh, with the Hindu civilization, with the Itihasa, with the Vedic, in, in whatever form. And so we're gonna have a webinar this weekend uh, on the Uh You're gonna be host, you're gonna be part of that panel um it's going to be an amazing thing so find us at www.hua.edu find us on social media study at hua on all the instagram twitter and uh Indraniji, Will we stick around for another uh segment after we have this short commercial break
1: absolutely thank or, you Uncle. yes
0: great so this is hindu insights i'm onkar patel with dr indrani Ramprasad, and stick around and we'll continue this conversation on the hindu diaspora and uh, the connections that it, it helps us make. Thank you, we'll be right back.